Logocentrifugal podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logocentrifugal. While you're puzzling that one out, I'm putting the pieces together. Let me introduce today's special guest. I have with me Drew Flex, Drew Laird. Now, this is a man I stumbled across on Twitter. I think probably because of my friend Charles Franklin, but there was something that really immediately caught my eye. He's yoked. <laughs> and then I and then I read the tweet that Charles had retweeted and oh, it turns out that this dude's yoked and lifting all the time and is um battling with leukemia and I thought this is a hero right here. This is awesome. I love this. Because my grandfather uh, went through non-Hodgkin's lymphoma twice and it zapped him big time and he battled it once and he battled it twice and he came through the other side. And so I've always had a, like a very large spot in my heart for people who are struggling, um, through that situation to see you drew, um, not only keeping a positive attitude, keeping things moving forward, but to be getting in the gym all the way through this, it's just, man, what, what a unique story and what a badass dude. And, you know, kind of paying attention to you on Twitter, I just kept noticing there's nothing but positivity with this guy. Even when he's having a hard day, he says, hey, I'm having a hard day. That's the reality of the thing. I don't feel very good. But guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. And today I'm still grateful to be alive. I'm still grateful to be here. And to be honest, man, that's very inspiring. I mean, I'm sure you hear about that all the time. And you, you, you reached out to me when I first followed you and, and sent a message or sent a, like a link to your YouTube. And I was like, hey, how'd you figure out how to automate that? And you're like, I didn't automate that, man. I, I do that every single time. And I thought, well, here's a guy who's got this very intense battle that he's going through. And he's doing it in a way that is so uncommon and so full of just life battling death. And then he takes the time to come in and just say hello to me and introduce himself to me. That's some character. So look, man, with that very brief and sparse introduction, let me say thank you for agreeing to come on here. Welcome to the Logos and Trivical podcast. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you, Chance, for having me on your show. And I'm really grateful um, for you having me. Yeah. Um, and for reaching out. And Charles, uh, he's an amazing, amazing person. Um, I've got so much time for him. And, you know, um, I think I'm just really humbled still um, every time someone mentions me or <clears throat> thinks of me as an inspiration, you know, um, it still just makes me feel that just blown away every time. Um, <laughs> I think one of the, um, the, the I, I normally do these graphics that you might see on, on Twitter. So I'd, I'd do a still shot of me working out and I'd put um, some text over it. And one of them was, who am I? I'm, I'm just the guy um, doing what he loves and fight in the best way I can or, or something to that um, effect. But it's true. That's, that's all I am is a guy doing what I love and just trying to fight, fight this battle that I'm fighting. Um, about me, as you've rightly said, diagnosed with leukemia um, just over a year now, 
it was my year anniversary on the 5th of June, which is a date that I'll never forget. Hmm. Um, I've always been doing some type of physical activity or other since the age of about 20. I first started properly in the gym at 20, started doing boxing and weights, and then moved to doing bits of kickboxing, jujitsu, um, weight circuit training. So, you know, I've always done something um, along that line. Um, and I think in about 2009 is when I started taking up kind of bodybuilding and, and strength-based training really seriously through um, a friend of mine, um, his dad, actually. Um, at that time, I, I was going through a bout of depression, like a, a, a real bout of depression, and I'd put on loads of weight. I'd stop working out. Um, and my friend and his dad said, come on, Drew, we're not used to seeing you like this. Come in the gym with us. And um, he really introduced me to my first proper, proper gym session. The, the way how I train now is based on the foundation that these guys um, kind of blessed me with um, mm. in about 2009, 2010. And I've been training that way ever since. So when I got the diagnosis of leukemia, it was kind of like a safe space for me to go back to mm. um, that no matter what happens, this safe space, this piece of sanity that I always have that needs to remain a constant. Um, and now I got to thinking that, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there that are battling this, but do they have a safe space? Um, do they have something that, that keeps them going through this? Because I know that fitness keeps me going through this. So I just thought, you know, let's just do this. Let's just do a YouTube channel based on fitness being the saving grace, being the thing that keeps me whole, that, that gives me a fighting chance against this illness. And first it was called Fitness 40 and Beyond, which after a while of thinking about it, I thought this sounds a bit limiting because it's not just people over 40 that have been asking me for advice. There's been teenagers with leukemia that have been inboxing me, <laughs> you know, or people saying that, you know, I'm in my 20s. Um, you know, I know I'm not 40, but I'm in my 20s and I'm just getting started training. What advice would you give? And I thought, well, you know, I need something that's got a bit more of a universal appeal. So Drew, everybody, you know, all my friends call me Drew and I invite everyone on Twitter because you all are my friends. I, you know, I invite everyone to call me Drew. And I just thought, yeah, what, what do we do in the gym? Well, we flex. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Drew flex. And I thought that will open it up to so many more people. Um, so hence I did the rebrand and I made sure everybody say, you know, this is what it's called now. It, it's, it's Drew Flex now. Um, we're not closing the door on anyone under 40. <laughs> every, <laughs> every. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. 
Cool, man. I mean, listeners of this podcast will have heard this story a million times and they'll go, oh boy, here we go. But look, I've lived a pretty rough life. And to be honest, it's not a similar situation to you. I, I did most of it to myself. You know, I, I walked a dark path for quite some time, but I, I was like pretty obese and depressed and drug addled when I got out of high school. Um, and then I started hanging out with some people who like I had my one crowd that was the monsters. And then I had a couple of friends who just kind of saw the potential in me and said, Hey man, come, come do some stuff. And, and my dad actually, he bought me, he bought me a couple of kettlebells and entered the kettlebell from Pavel Tsatsulin. And then about a year after that, I just started um, engaging in more bodybuilding type training with some friends and, and build a little bit of confidence and started, you know, reshaping my body and a year after high school I dropped 85 pounds and that was that was that was because of three reasons I was working out all the time I was working 90 hours a week and I was doing a bunch of blow which you know it's yeah, it's not the most good. ideal combination but it definitely you know I got down to 155 pounds and I'm six foot and I was pretty like I was like whoa <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know this was like a thing I could be and then from there, I started getting pretty intense into powerlifting and keeping the kettlebells all the time. And then, you know, for many years afterwards, still, I was doing lots of drugs. I was living a pretty hard life. I was a criminal and a thug, to, to be honest. And then I had this transition period where I moved away from that. But that whole time, the one thing I had was, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to lift these weights. I'm going to keep doing this. And then when I was ready to emerge from the darkness and step back into the light, I had that thing. And I knew, look, I've done this the whole time. All this time I was partying and doing drugs and being a criminal and being a thug. I lifted weights this whole time. And none of the other fools that I was with did that. I have that thing that I know that I could do that these people didn't. So I'm going to use that as my foundation. And I got really into health at that point because there was this situation where the police raided my house, put a gun to my head, put me in handcuffs, tore apart all my stuff. They raided my house and then they got some roommates of mine to roll on their friends and they raided him and there's a big deal. And I was like, man, I got to get out of here. It was a real wake up call for me. And I went back to my dad's house. I said, dad, you know, <laughs> I don't know where else to go. I don't have anywhere else to go, to be honest. And he said, come on. And the first day I was back, I got the biggest bowl I could find in his house. And I made this huge salad, just all these greens, feta cheese, calamata, olives, pepperoncinis, just everything I could find that I thought would be good in there. And I ate it and I could literally feel this life just entering and, and flowing through my veins. Cause at that point, the only thing I'd eaten for three months was rice with hot sauce packets. I'd stolen from the Del Taco across the street and magic mushrooms. And when I ate that and I felt the life coursing back into my body, I thought, Oh man, I, like I knew, I knew what I was doing was hurting me. But when I felt the life re-enter me, it's like, this is it. And I got really into it. And, and that was the platform from where I was able to, to begin to build my life back into a life that I'm proud to be living right now. And I met my wife and I had my kids and I'm doing these things. You know, I have this podcast to help people and I've written books and I do mentoring and all this stuff. And it was all because I had that consistent physical culture along the way to be my, my bedrock. And I still, I still feel like that. You know, that's the one thing that we all have in common is a body and a mind. If you take care of the body, the mind works better and you can go out and accomplish the things that you envision you should be doing, but you can't do it as well 
if you're not taking care of the body. So I really identify with that message. And that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on here. And I wonder, just to kick this back to you, man. Look, I, I'm sure that the struggles that you're going through are absolutely overwhelming at times. And you have your kids, you know, and when they look at you and they see dad suffering and going through these things, I'm sure it's terrifying for them. And I'm sure seeing that in their eyes is something that, you know, I have kids. And so I connect with the idea that if I was, if I was going through something like you, I know how much it would impact them. And I wonder just how, how much of the psychological aspect of things has your ability to get into the gym and to keep this thing going um, impacted you and then impacted your ability to help support your kids through this time while you're, while you're struggling through this stuff and they see you doing it, but they know that dad's getting after it all the time and he's still being the kind of guy who is dedicated to these things no matter what comes. Yeah. I think there's two things. <clears throat> and um, it's funny that you said about um, the Mormons before we, we went on, on air. Um, <laughs> my faith strong um my mother um she's from um, trinidad i grew up in trinidad I, mm. you know I, I was born in the uk went to trinidad when i was young um spent up until my um my kind of pre-teens there um and i was brought up in a very strong catholic household and we prayed a lot prayed the rosary we we prayed on on all of the the day the holy days of obligation and you know my mum really um had entrenched in me the, the the power of prayer the power of faith and the power of belief um even in times when as you say the darkness hits um and that faith is what has given me the strength the physical strength to do what I do in the gym my my missus um because we're, we're both um, separated from our former partners and we we got together so you know um she's been such a a, a rock for me as well and it's been hard it's really been hard um but that faith that belief that's always been the thing that's been the glue to to keep us both strong to keep the whole family unit strong um my kids i remember my older son <laughs> um there's this um i think it's um cancer research uk or macmillan they have the slogan um a sister with a sister, no, a sister with cancer is still a sister and, you know, a daughter with cancer is still a daughter. And the first thing that he said to me when I told him I had leukemia, he just gave me a big hug. And this boy, he's 13. Um, he was 12 at the time. And he said, a dad with cancer is still a dad, right? And he just gave me the biggest hug. I wanted to cry. Um, but obviously, i got to be strong for <laughs> for him but just the fact that at 12 he had the presence of mind and the maturity to deal with it like that and to think of it like that I thought you know what we're going to be okay 
we as a unit are going to get through this. It didn't feel like it was me on my own. Even when I, I had the idea to do the YouTube channel, I had the backing of all my loved ones, my friends, you know, everybody got got behind me with it. They supported me and encouraged me. So it never felt at any part of this journey that I was ever doing it alone. And I think that really, really helped motivate me and give me strength. That's beautiful, man. And, you know, the, the fact that your son was able to have that sort of intuitive knowledge and that kind of compassion and understanding says a lot about the parents, first of all. And, you know, it's funny. I was always the weird kid in school. Still, I'm still the weird kid, you know, but um, it's kind of been the opposite thing for me. It's like, well, I, I'm an only child. My parents divorced. I was just, it was just me and my dad. Um, and I was the weird kid and he worked a lot. I mean, he was there when he could be, but it takes a lot to buy a home and support a child and all that stuff. So I had a lot of time by myself and I did things like impressions in the mirror and, you know, reading books and all these things. I just like, I kind of had my own little space. And so when I started doing stuff on Twitter or doing this podcast, it's like, well, I mean, and plus, you know, with my dark past, my family, my friends, they'd all just kind of written me off like, well, you know. Chance is probably going to be dead or in prison, so whatever. So for me, it was just like, well, I'm just going to do this because I want to. You know, I'm just going to start this. And one day I said, I have a podcast. And and then I had a podcast and I invited people on it and they came on. And and <laughs> much to my surprise, it's been working out great. And, and I've continued to build on that because one of the things I have inside of me is because I've been through what I've been through. I I always describe it like this. It's like, look, man, you have your past and you can't change it. And you can forgive yourself and everything, but you can't forget about it. And it wouldn't be reasonable to do that. It's, it's what makes you who you are. And I look at the things I've done in my past that I wouldn't do now as chains. It's like a weight. And so I have to be strong enough now that I can walk forward even with all that weight. And I feel like I have um, a debt, a debt to the world because, number one, all the suffering and all the pain of the past that led up to my ability to be in this life, I'm grateful to that. And, and I want to live the kind of life that justifies all that suffering all the way behind me that justifies my life being here. And then number two is I've hurt some people and I've hurt myself and I want to live the kind of life moving forward this moment and the next moment and the next moment that I do my best to try to make sure that all the stuff that I did, I live the kind of life that, and I learned the kind of lessons that make it all worthwhile. So when I started this, it was just like, well, I don't, you know, I'm just going to do it. I don't need any support. I'm used to not having the support because I've had to do most of this on my own anyway. And so I just find it interesting with you that, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, you really felt supported and going through all this because you had that support in that community. But what I found is as soon as I started this and as soon as I started delivering a message of positivity and as soon as I started saying, Hey, you know what? I used to be the biggest loser. I'm the biggest knucklehead in the planet, except I'm not anymore because I learned these things and I put them into my life and I moved forward and you've never been as far down in the pit as I have probably almost none of you have because most of the people who are there with me are dead or in prison and I wasn't doing anything different than them. So if you're here, you are probably not there, which means if this stuff worked for me and now I can be an example for you, you could probably use this. And if I was way back here 
and you're right here and now I'm here, you could probably easily get to here and beyond, right? And people said, yeah, I think you're right, Chance. And so I wonder, man, like, how, how, how special is it to you that you have this thing that you're struggling with, but you've been able to convert it into a message of inspiration and a message of triumph over adversity that people resonate with and, and take it into their own hearts and then walk forward and are able to be more of who they want to be because you didn't let this crush you. Um, that's a difficult one because I, I will be honest. I, I know that I've had my dark moments with this as well. It hasn't all been just, you know, I got it and then I was supported and then I went through, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I spent, I spent a while with a lot of negative thoughts um, and for the support of people around me, they helped to bring me out of it. But um, I suppose for people kind of looking on, um, it's the message I want people to kind of take from this is that it doesn't have to be over. Even in certain death, there is still a glimmer of hope. I remember my uncle, he, he had colon cancer mm. and um, it eventually took him. But I think it took him quicker because he gave up. Mm. He continued smoking and he was a hard smoker, you know, hard smoker, hard drinker. He, he lived the kind of life that you're describe <laughs> you know that was him sure. and um he just said you know what I'm gonna die anyway go buy me a pack of 20 and there's two ways you can look at it you can submit yourself to death or you can say do you know what i want to fight because i want to be around I'm going to do what it takes to do that. It may not be successful, you know, terminal illness, it's touch and go. But you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot. And even if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down fighting. And that's the message that I want people to take. Yeah? You're going to have to drag me out of this life kicking and screaming if you want me in those pearly gates, you're going to have to come and get me. That's the message I want people to take from this. I'm not going to lay down for anyone. You want me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> come and get me. <laughs> I'm going to give you the fight of your life. Look, man, I love that because the reality is nobody gets out of this alive. You know, I mean, and so you could, you could look at that and a lot of people do. And, and I've, I've been in that space in my own life and it sounds like you have too, but you go, well, you know, like, yeah, what's the point? What's, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cash my chips in at some point anyway. I mean, why do I even care? And there's a lot of people out there that have that sort of nihilistic, meaningless, hollow sensation inside of them. And I've been there and it sucks, you know, like, when, when you as a person feel like 
you don't de- you don't deserve or want or you know have any desire to continue on being a person it's a it's a brutal reality to live in mm. but it's like look man even if there is no meaning and you're just making one up why don't you pick a good one why don't you pick a good story to live because sure you know i'm going to die and you're going to die someday all of us are yeah. and and maybe 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 some wizards are going to figure out a way for that not to be the case but you know pr- probably not or at least probably not in my lifetime, almost certainly not. And so it's like, okay, well, I have this, I have this life and it's, it's so incredible and unimaginable that it could even exist in the first place. So what am I going to do with it? Am I just going to, am I just going to toss it off to the side and say, well, I'm just a happy accident, except I'm not that happy. So, you know, might as well just forget about it. And, and, you know, I made that choice in my own life and it wasn't, it's not as easy as it might sound to make that choice when you're not in a place where you feel like living and you don't feel positive and you don't feel connected to a purpose. But what really did it for me, like you said, I just rediscovered my connection with my creator and we talk every day. (laughs) And, and, you know, I like to tell people, Hey, it might be mental illness, but what's the difference? Because I, when I enter into that space and I enter that space of faith, I feel filled with purpose and life. And I, I receive these messages, go do this, say these words to this person, reach out to yep. this person. And I've seen it time and again on Twitter, in my real life, in these different networks that I'm slowly building. I just feel this compulsion to, to, to do this thing. And, and every time I act on that sensation, that compulsion, that, that feeling that I should do this specific thing, it always brings about something great for somebody else. And then I have the gratitude that I was able to facilitate these things. And so look, I, yeah, it's about speaking your truth as well. It's about, you know, the whole purpose of being, being saved of having that relationship in the first place is sharing that. You know, what good are we on earth if we can't better our fellow men? If we can't share those messages that you're getting? If we can't go and tell people, listen, this, this is what my faith means to me. This is, this is what my experience of strength, of perseverance, of redemption looks like. What's the point? If we can't share that, what is the point? And this is the whole purpose of what you're doing. This is the whole purpose of what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, and um, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think that the the world would actually be better off if more people did more of that, shared more of that. Yeah, it's a scary thing, though. You know, I mean, I'm in a place where um, sometimes I pretend it's otherwise, but I really don't have an ego because. I did so many stupid things for so long that all I have to do is think for one second. Am I hot shit? No, I'm not because I made every mistake I could make and still be alive. Literally. I mean, I've overdosed, I've gone to jail. I mean, it's like, what room do I have to, to think that I'm some supreme being? I don't, I'm good at stuff. I'm bad at stuff, but I have these things inside of me that I've seen time and again, help people. So why would I not share them? Why would I not put this out there? Because people people shared their love with me even when I didn't want them to. Even when I tried to push them away and say, no, leave me be. I'm going to sit here and self-destruct for a while. And they said, no, nah, man, 
That's not the way. That ain't it, as they like to say. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're, you're the fool. And then pretty soon I realize, oh, I, not, like not only do I not feel this sense of meaning and this sense of connection, but I'm going to be prideful about the fact that there's nothing to care about. That's so foolish. And so for me, it's just like, look, I don't, <laughs> I'm just grateful to be here. Mm. And I, I really identify with you, you know, mm. on, on that level. It's just, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here and every day is a blessing. And I, and literally 99% of the days I mm. wake up, and the first thing I do is I put my feet on the ground and I say, hello world. It's an honor and a pleasure to be in you mm. because it is. And, yeah. And you know, another thing that I'm finding as well for everything that's happening. Um, and I'm finding this out even more and more every day. And I'm having to remind myself of this more and more every day is about being patient and waiting for signs. And mm. everything happening within its own time, not trying to force everything and everything happening for a reason. Now, there may well be purpose, a higher purpose behind me having this leukemia. Maybe it is so that I impact on other people with my experience of, of working in, in mental health nursing, because as you may have seen from my post, I, as part of my career development, I'm now in psychotherapy and I see people, you know, I counsel patients and I have a caseload that I've accumulated now. Um, so using my knowledge of mental health, psychotherapy, um, my degree in graphic design, so I'm able to be self-contained and do all the graphics and the editing for the YouTube channel myself. Um, even my own background, because some of the things that you said kind of resonated with me <laughs> growing up as a teenager. <laughs> I, I grew up in a rough part of East London as well called Hackney. And a lot of the, the things that you, that you talk about, I've experienced as well. Um, <laughs> I've got last year, my cousin, he got stabbed to death. Yes. Um, you know, um, I've seen friends of mine stabbed in front of me. Um, I've had a gun pulled on me as well. Um, I've been in those situations. I've been arrested numerous times and, you know, yeah, life, yeah. life. As you're growing up, you know, these are the things. You grow up in certain areas, you have certain experiences. Um, but through it all, through the years, and especially through this experience, I've learned that, um, you know, things happen in their time when they're supposed to and you can't force anything and there's purpose and reason behind everything. And when God is ready to reveal purpose and reason, you have that aha moment. Mm. You're mm. like, okay, that's what it was. But you can't force it. You can't rush it. You have to just wait for it. You do all the things that you need to do in the meantime. You be proactive, but then you're always ready for that aha moment. And all the work that you've put in to that point, it will become apparent in that moment. 
I like that a lot, man. And look, um, I know that um, our time is limited here. Yeah. So number one, I'd really love to have you back on because I feel like we've just gotten going and I'd like the opportunity to dive into some of these things a little bit more with you. Sure. And then the next thing is I like to do this thing at the end of the podcast and it's, you know, we've been having a conversation and I'm grateful to have been able to connect with you. And it's fun to, it's fun for me to be able to, to see parts of myself and you and to, to make that connection and just to, to see your face and to hear your voice and to understand you a little better. But it's not just you and I here, you know, people are going to listen to this podcast. So what I like to do is to try to break that fourth wall and just to ask you to imagine the listener, whoever it is inside of your head. And they, and they're sitting in front of you and they say, Drew, look, it's pretty incredible that you're going through what you're going through. And then you're out here trying to share this message of positivity and, and discipline and consistently taking steps to better yourself, even in the hardest of times. But you know, sometimes I get overwhelmed by traffic. I get overwhelmed by somebody picking the TV show that I don't want to watch, you know? So while I'm listening to you and I hear you this, hear you saying this stuff, I'm not exactly sure how to get there myself. I mean, I don't want to have to go to a place where it's a do or die situation. And, and if you, you know, if that person was sitting in front of you and just kind of humbly asking you how they might begin to take steps to increase their own ability to, to act in such a manner to, to face the challenges and then to face them with, you know, with that warrior spirit that you've been demonstrating, what would you tell them? What are the one or two things that you think would give them the most ability to do that and start right now? And what would you say to them at that point? I'd say there's a couple of things. The first thing I've learned is pick your battles wisely. Not everything needs to turn into a war. Humility, there's this saying, is it discretion is the better part of valor? That's right. Yeah. Humility sometimes. Not everything has to be a war. Hmm. Some things you just got to say, all right, cool. Because those are the things that the small stuff, you don't need that to stress you. Those, those small stresses build up over time. And those are the things that take us down eventually. The bigger things, I'd say, and I always say this to my, to my patients in um, psychotherapy, step away from the situation, reflect, and get an overview. You don't mm -hmm. have to have all the answers right now. Step back. Come back to it tomorrow. Come back to it next week. But use the time away from a situation to reflect on it from all angles and then come back with a fresh perspective. You know like sometimes how you go to bed really anxious about something and then you go sleep and then when you wake up in the morning, you feel a lot better because you've had that distance between that situation and you know, and you've had a chance to rest, your mind's had a chance to relax and you have a fresh perspective in the morning. Yes. That that right there. Those two things I think are two golden rules. You know 
those are very useful pieces of advice. And I was just listening to you. I always, you know, this podcast is as much about me having the opportunity to speak to people like you and, and these experts and these exceptional people in all these different fields and just to listen very carefully and think, how can I use what they're saying to me of my own benefit? And then because we've had this conversation, my listeners get to hear it too and they can, they can take these tools and improve their own lives. And, and I have the gratitude to be able to be in such a position and for that position to be expanding. It's cool. You know, it's neat. It's neat to be able to help people. And I'm sure in your work in psychotherapy, like sometimes it doesn't work out. Some, some people don't want the help, but sometimes they do. And every once in a while, it actually turns out the person has the willingness and the capacity and the dedication to actually repair themselves and move forward and become something amazing. Mm. It's not all the time. It's pretty no. rare, in fact. But when that happens no. and you get to see them taking steps, it's really remarkable. And as I was listening to you, it's like, well, I probably do need to let some stuff go. And in fact, that's, I'm stepping back a little bit from my social media presence for a while to focus on some things that are more important to me and to quit getting caught up in, in foolishness. Mm. And as far as the stepping back and taking perspective, that's my wheelhouse right there, man. I'm sort of a, like a, a web or connections or network thinker. Mm. And I really love to think, okay, well, here's this instance of a thing but what does it connect to and where does it come from and who else does it connect with? And what are the ramifications of that further out in the chain? And then what kind of tapestry can I paint and weave based upon this little piece of information and tie it into the web? And I, I mean that part of that has to do with being on the spectrum and part of that has to do with just, that's my fascination, but I would second both of those pieces of information wholeheartedly. Let the small stuff go. You know, what do you want to ruin your relationships and pick fights because somebody has a disagreement with you on something that doesn't matter? Yeah. Good luck with that. And I look, I've done that plenty of times. And then the second piece, gaining perspective. I mean, when has that not been a good idea? <laughs> 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 so look, I want to respect your time and I want to respect the time of your family. So I just want to reiterate that I'd love to have you back on here and let's work that out. But sure. If you want to tell people um, where they can find you on social media and YouTube and all that stuff, go ahead and tell them. And, and then I'll include the links in the show notes so they don't have to memorize it, but it's just good for them to hear it. And then if there's anything, any final thoughts you want to say, um, anybody you'd like to shout out and say hello to or anything like that, this would be a great time to do that. Sure. Well, first I'll start with the shout outs. Um, Charles. Thank you for hooking me up with this guy, right? <laughs> because, yeah, and Charles, I, I, I can't say enough how great a guy Charles is. And I'm really glad that I've met you through him. So, you know, me too. big respect to both of you. Um, Twitter, I've got to say, my biggest support, apart from close friends and family who have followed me all the way from Facebook to Insta, my biggest family outside of those close family and friends are my Twitter fam who, you know, fit fam, flex fam, <laughs> you know, I've made such great connections on, on Twitter and I'm, you know, that is my, my base. If anything is Twitter. So I'd like to shout out everyone on Twitter who's followed me, who's messaged me, who retweets my stuff. Um, who engages with me and we, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful and humbled for that. 
and um, I did shout out as many people as I could in my one year since diagnosis. And if I did miss anyone out, I'm really sorry. I was going through like everyone that I spoke to, I was like, okay, I've got to save that app. <laughs> I think I must have spent about a month saving everyone's Twitter handle hmm. for when I did that that push. So, um, you know, I'm really grateful. Um, in terms of where people can find me, um, YouTube is what I'm really trying to drive because there's so much great content on there. It's not just about my workouts. It's about... Um, education with regards to what is chronic myeloid leukemia it's um about the benefits of physical health activities for people with um, cancer and with long-term illnesses um there's also um information on there about my cml results because i you know make it personal to me as well there's one or two um, videos on there on my hospital visits as well so it's really inviting people into my world living with this illness um there's video on there about mental health and, and self-care as well um and then of course there's the workouts which are the main body of the the, the youtube channel but please do check it out it's drew flex and that's d-r-e-w short for andrew so d-r-e-w flex as in flexing your muscle um oh yeah and i've got a new catchphrase <laughs> stay flexing <laughs> so you're gonna see you see that hashtag all over you know stay flexing um on right now i have to try and remember this because on twitter it's drew flex seven four on facebook is drew flex seven four and on instagram it's drew flex 1974 um so yeah that's that's where people can catch me um i try as much as possible to do new video uploads every friday and i'm really trying to juggle this busy job that i have with social media so you know and then it's just me that's doing all the editing and the filming and the marketing and i've got my family that i'm trying to juggle as well so you know it's it's a lot that i'm doing but i'm i'm I've committed myself to this, so you know I'm I'm in it for the long haul. So you know um, I just try and juggle and balance everything as I can. But I just want to thank everyone who's subscribed to the YouTube channel, who's followed me on social media, and for yourself for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just in a space of of gratitude right now. Gratitude for being alive, gratitude for God shining his favor upon me and saving my life, and gratitude for people like you that I meet all the time that are behind me and support me. And um, yeah, I can't be anything but thankful. Thankful for my family and friends that love me. Yeah, can't be anything but thankful. Well, I love that. And I'm in a similar position, man. I'm just glad to be alive and glad to be able to help where I can and glad to give a platform to people like you so that you can further spread your message to the people who need to hear it. So look, let's, uh, let's orchestrate another appearance when we got a little more time to get a little deeper into things. But if you're good, I'm good, man. Sure. Yeah. Hey, much love. Well, yeah. Same here. <laughs> in that case, man, Drew, this has been the Logos and Trivial podcast. I've been Chance Lunsford. You've been Drew Flex, and we are out. We here at the Logos and Trivial podcast work hard to bring you 
the highest quality audio, the best editing, and the most professionalism of any podcast on the market. Either that or we do the exact opposite. Either way, consider supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can support the podcast by supporting the podcast. There's a link somewhere, and I encourage you to click the link to support the podcast professionally.